Did you hear the uh, parable about the Methodists and the Baptists stranded on a desert island? Southern Baptists and the Methodists crash landed on a desert island and they're the only ones there. The Methodists got real worried. So I don't think they're ever going to find us. We didn't have a chance to radio where we were. They're never going to find us. But the Baptists just looked at peace. The Methodists asked, how are you so confident they're going to find us? And the Baptists said, well, I make $400,000 a year and I'm a tither. My preacher is going to find me. <laughs> Okay, so that's not exactly a parable. <laughs> but I use it to prove a point. Just because someone tells a good story doesn't make it a parable. This week we begin a series that, that I'm excited about, simply called Parables, where we're going to look at the parables of Jesus. Now, parables are one of the main forms of communication used by Jesus throughout the Gospels. Within the parables, we find the teachings of Jesus as they pertain to the kingdom of God. And most parables start by saying the kingdom of heaven is, is life, or the kingdom of God is life. And then Jesus starts telling a story. On a few occasions, Jesus gives an explanation for his parable, but mostly he tells the story and just leaves it at that. In our text this morning, the disciples have been kind of scratching their heads about the parables that Jesus has been teaching with. They have some valid questions. They want answers. And so we're going to pick up here with their question this morning and examine Jesus' answer and introduce ourselves to parables. And there in Luke chapter 8, Jesus has just given the parable of the sower. And they are trying to figure out what it means. And Jesus says to them, starting in verse 9, then why, his disciples asked him, what does this parable mean? So he said, the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given for you to know, but to the rest it is a parable, so that looking they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel with the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, and for his sake. And all God's people say. <clears throat> Jesus has just told a parable and the disciples are just kind of going, Jesus, I don't, I don't understand. What, what, does, what does this have to do with, with what you're wanting? What does this have to do with, with the kingdom. What is this? And it tells them the secrets of the kingdom have got to be given for you to know, but for the rest it's in parables. And, and the first thing that, that I want to say about parables is that parables are more than a story. They teach a lesson. Now, you may be going, no, okay. but we have to see this. It's more than a story. There is a meaning, and there are lessons to be learned. A story often penetrates in ways that preaching cannot. Jesus, Jesus could have went to, to the people there and he could have said things and he could have told them things and he could have just said it plainly and not used a story. But so often, that happens and you walk away thinking, I need to drink more water. Honestly, I mean, that's what happens, right? It's, it's, it's not, it wasn't the points, it wasn't even the scripture. What was remembered that sticks in our heads are the things that sometimes are in our story. It's the things that are said. 
because they, they penetrate and they work in a better way. Remember over in 2 Samuel chapter 12, Nathan is speaking with David on behalf of God. And David has committed adultery with Bathsheba and he's covered it up. He's done everything that he can do so no one can know about his sin. And so Nathan could have come to David and, and says, God says you're a sinner. He could have come to David and said, God knows what you did. He saw you do it. You can't hide it from him. You can hide it from everybody else. And he could have given him the sermon of a lifetime. But that's not what Nathan does. Nathan instead tells this story. This is one of my favorite episodes of Veggie Tales. Because in Veggie Tales, it's about rubber ducks. But in, in Samuel, it's about sheep. And he tells this story. He says, well, since David has already talked about the reasons why it was an exception, that he was king and all that good stuff, and he's already moved on, preaching wasn't going to cut it. So Nathan says there was a rich man who had lots of flocks. He had many, many sheep. He had so much he didn't know what to do with it. And there was a poor man who had one. And that sheep was his best friend. And it was his favorite prize. And that sheep lived with him and he loved on it and he fed it and he did everything he needed to do. And a stranger came to visit the rich man. A stranger came and wanted to spend time. And the rich man wanted to throw the stranger a party. But he didn't want to kill one of his many flocks. So what does he do? He takes the poor man's lamb and he kills it instead. And searches the stranger. And David hears this story. And he becomes outraged because how dare this rich, powerful man do this to this poverty-stricken person who only had one thing that he loved. And the most powerful statement I sometimes think in all of Scripture is when Nathan looks at King David and says, Oh, King David, you are that man. That was terrible. That was a story with a lesson. And it penetrated David in a way that preaching never could. By using parables, Jesus was connecting on an emotional level with his audience. A bunch of rules they may not remember. But a story of a wayward son tugs on your heartstrings. It's amazing that if you talk to kids in pre-K or kindergarten or even in the smaller ones... They may not be able to tell you, yes, we know. They may not be able to tell you what the rules are sometimes, but they can tell you what happens when you fall on a certain color on the clip chart. Because that resonates. It speaks in, in a more effectual way. Story is a creative way to teach what helps the hearer to better remember what was taught. So Jesus used parables to better connect with his audience. But there were special things that Jesus was trying to accomplish by using parables. But he said also, parables reveal truth to those who will listen. One of the um, most heartbreaking or greatest tragedies of the gospel message is that some people hear the message and joyously receive it and are saved and others don't. Jesus taught in parables so that those who would hear could hear. Those whose hearts were open and whose ears were open, whose minds were open, could hear the story and understand what it was saying about the kingdom of God. It would give them a better picture. It was the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. What parables teach is the very foundation.
vision of what Jesus' kingdom is going to be. There had been talk and speculation for centuries over what Messiah would do, over who Messiah would be, over what Messiah would make the Roman Empire look like. For centuries this had happened. And within these parables, those who would listen could hear the secrets of what Christ was about to accomplish. Secrets about how to live in the kingdom. Secrets about the economy of the kingdom. Secrets about relationship in the kingdom. He said, he who has will be given more and they will have an abundance. There is blessing to knowing and hearing and living in the truth of the parables. Blessed are your eyes because they see and ears because they hear. Those to whom this was granted were prepared to live in a new reality. The secrets of the kingdom are given to you and not to them, he says. There was a game we played in college. I remember sitting in Famrose Sports Bar. Sports Bar on a Baptist campus. Sports <laughs> Cafe. I don't know. It was a sports something. And uh, you went up there and spent your jacket bucks and ate quesadillas. We ate so many quesadillas that year. It was unreal. But a game we played was called What's Behind the Green Glass Doors? And I'm not going to tell you the rules so I'm able to play with you one of these days. So, it's what's behind the green glass doors. And what you had to do was figure out what certain things had in common. And rather than saying, oh, I know, I know, I know, you have to give an example. So, what's behind the green glass doors? There are puppies and kitties, but no dogs or cats. There are mommies and daddies, but no mothers or fathers. There are slippers, but no shoes. There is green, but no blue. And so, then I would say, if I, if I figured out, I would go, there is yellow, but no red. It could be sunny, but there's no sun. And then, and then yeah, you would know. They have to give you two or three before you know that they actually know, because you can get lucky. So if they give you two or three in a row, you know that they know, because the secret's there. Now, we would play this game sometimes for hours. We would sit there with our quesadillas, sometimes multiple quesadillas, for hours. Depending on how long it took the last person to catch up. There were those of us who could hear it right away. Right away we'd get it, we'd go, oh, yeah. And then, there were those who were not so lucky. Those who would sit there and just agonize for days. Because at one point, Fabros was going to close for the night. And we were going to have to go home. And for days, they would say, please tell me the answer. Please tell me the answer. And you just didn't. That's not part of it. But because they understood, they had ears to hear. They could hear. Jesus was the same way with his parents. Sometimes quickly. Some understand. And some never will. But another important reason that Jesus used parables was that parables hide the truth from those who would not accept it. Mainly here, Jesus is speaking of the Pharisees and the religious leaders, those whose hearts were closed to the movements of the kingdom of heaven. He says, whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. You know, the religious leaders were the keepers of the things of God. They had the law, they had the teaching, they had the pedigree, they had the temple. What Jesus was essentially saying is, you don't have this truth, so even the truth that you cling to will be taken away and become nothing. They were the keepers of the things of God, and now they won't even have access to the kingdom of God. The Pharisees 
who cannot accept the teachings of Jesus will have even what they hold most precious taken away. And we see that on the day of the crucifixion, the veil is torn in two. And then later, the temple is completely destroyed. So Jesus is saying, I teach in parables so that you common folk can get it, but you religious people kind of miss it. Because notice the parables he told, too. They're always based on the society that he was in. They're farming parables. They're ranching parables. They're parables that the common folk can understand. But the religious guys who have everything brought to them, they don't get it. They can't grasp it. So Jesus is saying, this is why I do this. Now you might wonder, how? As you go along, you might think, these aren't that hard to understand. But they were overthinking parables. So often we fall into this trap. We think, surely the kingdom of God is going to be deep. We, I mean, the Pharisees were going, we studied this our entire lives. If God's going to reveal a kingdom plan, he'll do it like we expect him to do it. Deep theology, big rules. That's how God works. They'll see and they do not see. They don't have the ability or the openness or the desire to really hear what Jesus was saying. I had a really bad habit for for a long time. <laughs> I would there were certain preachers or televangelists or whoever that I knew I didn't agree with most of what they said. So even what they said that I agreed with, I didn't want to agree with because well, I didn't like what they said overall. And so I would go into a sermon that they were preaching, not hearing everything they said, because I had already decided that I didn't want to hear what they had to say, because what they had to say wasn't what I believed. And so when the Pharisees and the religious leaders came to Jesus and they heard these parables, they didn't want to hear what Jesus was saying. They wanted to know what they knew. And what they knew had to be right. And so they saw, but they did not see. They couldn't see what was right in front of them. How often do we see romantic comedies in the movies? And there is some dumb guy who never never realizes the woman who's standing right in front of him, who's been chasing him the whole time, and he's just kind of, uh, you know, and she's always been right there. And it takes some big revelation at the end. It's right there. Oh my goodness, I've never seen you that way before. That's the parables. You see it, but you don't see it. You know, you scroll Facebook long enough, you're going to you know, one of those vision tests, right? They tell you to look at this picture. <laughs> and what's inside it? When you look at it, sometimes you have to magnify it to find it because, you know, hey, I can't see that. I even though I can see it, I can't see it. You know. Or, as one Facebook meme pointed out, that must be true because we have the same problem. Can you not see the clothes on the floor, she says to me? And I'm like, oh, I didn't see them, but you know, we're driving down the road, I see the six deer out there. <laughs> running down the out of the corner of my eye. Did you see those deer? What are you talking about? Though seeing, I do not see. <laughs> Though hearing, we do not hear. They are a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 6, where, where God talks about him having the message but turning away. 
And all it would take was for them to open their eyes and their ears and their hearts. Because Isaiah says, it turned back and I will heal you. So why would Jesus do it this way? Jesus had to use parables to help complete the plan of God. It was mandatory. From the moment of creation, it was decided that Jesus was going to come. From the moment of creation, from before the world was founded, the crucifixion was written. It had to be that way. There was no other way. And the way that was going to happen was the hardest of the religious leaders' hearts. What would have happened if all the Pharisees, Sadducees, and Sanhedrin heard Jesus' parables and believed? What would have happened? Oh, Jesus, we believe now. There's no sacrifice. There's no resurrection. There's nothing. We would have no hope in Jesus at that point. The plan had to be fulfilled. History had proven that man, or Israel, thought he knew better than God for his life and his religion. And so God used that to fulfill his purpose. He used that. He knew that the same people who were going to build a golden calf when Moses was gone for 40 days were the same people who after hundreds of years of following these rules wasn't going to hear what Jesus had to say. He knew that. He understood that. And Jesus used parables because he knew that those who were not going to open their hearts were never going to open their hearts. And it would allow the crucifixion to occur. Those who were not willing to hear did not hear and understand in order that the great plan of God could come to fruition. Parables are more than a story. They're lessons that ingrain themselves on the mind of those who hear. Most parables, I could just name off the title and all of us who've been in church for any length of time go, oh yeah, I remember that story. The parable of the sower. The parable of the good Samaritan. The parable of the prodigal son. All of these things, we go, yes, I know that story. It's a great story because the story has penetrated us. He could have explained each parable, but he didn't. Some parables he explained, but others he left alone. And even the ones he did explain, he only explained to his disciples. He didn't tell them a crowd. He let them walk away when the disciples asked him, he would tell them. He wanted people to walk away and chew on what he said. And those who were open would hear and see the kingdom of heaven and be blessed. I'll be honest, I, I preached the last sermon of this series when I came up with a call, so I'm not going to preach it again. But it gives me some fodder here to talk about. Do you remember the end of the prodigal son? The dad comes out to the other brother who's mad, who's stomping his foot. I've been here this whole time. I've been wanting to do this. And you wouldn't even give me a goat to make merry, but my sinner brother comes back and you give him the fatted calf. And his dad says, you've always been here. Everything I have is yours and I love you. But your brother's home. And we're going to celebrate. And he walks away. He walks away. He leaves it open. That's the parable. Jesus wants us to chew on it. He wants us to, to chew on it and, and decompress and understand and digest the things that are going on and what he's saying. He wanted people to walk away and chew on what he had said. And those who were open would hear and see the kingdom of heaven and be blessed. Parables reveal the truth of the kingdom of heaven to those who will hear. And they hide that same truth from the same kingdom for those who were not open to teaching the way. And by hiding the truth, God prepared the way 
for Jesus to come and offer a sacrifice. Now, as we work through this series, there's only going to be two parts to each parable. The truth for those who hear, and what God was hiding from those who wouldn't. I know today's, today's sermon wasn't really an evangelistic sermon. But I think it's important for us to understand why parables are told and why Jesus used them. It wasn't just because, oh, it was easier. Because I'll admit, sometimes it's easier, right? Sometimes it's easier just to tell a story because if I try to tell everything, I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it messed up. So, maybe this morning you've had a question answered for the first time. I hope so. Maybe this morning you want to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to serve missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join the church in membership. But maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've never known the one who has the keys to the kingdom. Maybe you've never known the one who can open up those doors. Now will be a great time because we're not promised tomorrow. It's not hard. Just come down here. You say, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus, so we'll go from there. Wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to him. It's great. Father God, we come to you right now.